Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand sustainably. I'm your host, Giles Smith, and today I'm going to share 20 tips with you on how you can make your e-commerce brand more sustainable. Now, while I've been working on pulling together some of these tips for a while, the episode has been re-energized and brought into focus for me by the eye-opening landslide shift at the federal election. No matter what your political party preference was, it's extremely clear that Australians voted for candidates with strong climate action policies. It was interesting to see that because for a couple of years now, we've seen report after report suggesting that 70% plus of consumers are actively purchasing greener products and seeking more environmentally friendly brands to buy them from. And so with that very clear market signal in mind, I thought it'd be helpful to cram as many tips as I have to hand into this show and give you plenty of ideas on how your brand can become more sustainable. If you're just getting started out with doing things more sustainably, listen to this episode all the way through and then come back and pick on just one thing that seems to be the easiest for you to do and then get started. And so with that, let's start today's show. So today we're going to kick off by talking about an area that for online brands has the biggest overall contribution to our carbon footprint, but at the same time is kind of low hanging fruit for getting started. According to Planetly for e-commerce brands, the majority of our carbon footprint up to 85% in fact comes from what's called scope three emissions. And that is from supply chain outside our organization. And of that, 65% is actually generated by transport, distribution and packaging. In other words, order fulfillment. So tip one, there are currently no truly green delivery services in Australia, but you can make the majority of your deliveries carbon neutral. There are a heap of plugins that will allow you to calculate your delivery distance and purchase offsets. But honestly, the easiest thing to do, especially for urban deliveries, is to use Sendal. They offer 100% carbon neutral delivery and can handle your international deliveries as well. If you're currently using Australia Post, they do seem to leverage offsets as well. Though for international deliveries, that's actually restricted just to the closest transport hub. Tip two, take a fresh look at your express shipping. Customers often want things fast, especially in the lead up to Christmas and some of the other major sales events. It's human nature to leave things to the last minute after all. The good part about that from your brand's point of view is that customers that want express tend not to be as sensitive about the cost of shipping. The major downside, though, from a sustainability point of view, is that express shipping typically has almost triple the footprint of standard delivery, especially for interstate orders. So once again, Sendle handle express shipping as well. But if you want to do more to offset the cost of faster delivery, this is where plugins like EcoCart and Cloverly can really come in. They're easy to install and configure and allow you to purchase carbon offsets on the basis of your orders. I covered EcoCart back in episode seven, 
which was dedicated to explaining how to use carbon offsets. So check out that episode as well if you'd like to dive in a little bit deeper. Anyway, the point here is express shipping customers are not as price sensitive. So it could be possible to add a small cost to express orders to cover the cost of offsets without risking any negative impact on your site conversion. Lastly, in regards to shipping, it's probably pretty clear that the impact of the shipment itself is based on how far the order has to travel between your fulfillment center and the customer. Carbon offsets are great, but they don't actually reduce the emissions generations in the first place. So tip three, once you reach a good scale as a brand, and certainly if you're servicing international orders a lot, it's going to minimize your environmental impact to actually split your inventory and have more localized fulfillment centers. Obviously, that has a whole host of benefits and trade-offs operationally, but the important point regarding the topic of this episode is that you can materially reduce how far your orders have to travel to reach the customer. Still on the topic of order fulfillment, it's time to talk about packaging. It's been estimated that e-commerce uses about 10 times as much packaging as bricks and mortar retail. I think of packaging as being a bit like an onion with layer upon layer of things to consider. And I probably need to do, now that I think about it, a whole show just on that in the near future. But I want to talk about secondary packaging, the bits and pieces inside your presentation box. Tip four, look for ways to use less in terms of your secondary packaging. Simplifying your packaging, having less parts and components to it can add up to big changes over thousands of units. I recently purchased a replacement power cable for my laptop, for example, and it had 17 separate pieces of packaging. Simply using less packaging material reduces the resources needed. It makes the packaging lighter. It will use less energy to ship and it is less things at the end of the day that are going to end up in landfill or need energy again to recycle downstream. Tip five, look for ways to use recyclable and recycled materials in your product packaging. If you're making products that go in bottles, squeezy tubes, tubs or sachets, talk to your supplier and see if they can swap out the existing materials and use sustainable materials instead or things like recycled plastic. With the recent turbulence in supply chains, you might even find a local supplier of recycled plastic bottles, for example, that can get your orders fulfilled faster than a virgin plastic supplier over in China. Even if it does cost a bit more, that might save your bacon on inventory availability in the lead up to Christmas this year. Of course, you can take the same approach to your shipment packaging as well. And for many of you, this is truly the easiest place to start. So tip six, there are dozens of sustainable packaging suppliers now, and there's really no need to be sending out orders with things like styrofoam packing peanuts, plastic air pillows, or virgin wood pulp boxes of any kind. The same goes for mailer satchels. There are quite a few packaging companies offering reusable, compostable, or even satchels made from ocean plastic, which frankly blows my mind. Just recently in episode 12, we had Bex Pekaski from the Better Packaging Company on the show, and she kindly offered a 20% discount off your first order with them. Another amazing packaging company really doing great work based here in Australia is Heaps Good Packaging, and you can get everything from them from eco-satchels through to hex wrap, eco-tape, and even eco-stickers. 
In the interest of transparency, I recently became an investor and shareholder in Heaps Good. So big shout out to Ace Reunis and the team there. Now, a fact of life for many online brands is handling returns. That's especially true for online fashion and multiplied tenfold if your brand has expanded onto sales channels like Amazon. Returns obviously, in essence, double the distance traveled of that order. They increase the amount of packaging that is required and in many cases directly result in perfectly good products going into landfill due to the difficulty in preparing returned items for resale. And so returns can actually form one of the biggest non-sustainable areas of your business. Unfortunately, I don't have a silver bullet for you here, but there are some practical steps that you can look at. And so here goes with five more tips. Research has shown that nearly a third of consumers will purposefully order more and simply return unwanted items when returns are offered for free. Now, maybe to be competitive with other brands in your space, you do have to arrange free return shipping, but most brands don't. Simply allowing returns of unopened or undamaged items at the customer's own shipping expense is usually more than sufficient to reduce return rate. And it could have a significant impact on your carbon footprint as well as your bottom line. Tip eight, aside from people who purposefully order things they expect to return, the majority of returns and indeed straight refund for that matter are due to items simply not being quite what the customer expected. Putting some more work into your product descriptions will help, but taking a fresh look at your product images is probably the single best way to head off unnecessary returns before they even happen. The most important image types to consider here are factual images, those that show exactly what the product looks like, how big it is, the color, the fabric, the pattern, and those sorts of things, and functional images, how it works, what will it look like when it's worn, all that sort of stuff. Short videos that show the product in use can be almost eye-wateringly effective at reducing returns. And by eye-watering, I mean that you'll cry wishing you'd done them sooner. Now, reducing returns doesn't have to be about having a single policy for all of your products. And so tip nine, Shopify plugin called 8Returns allows you to set custom return rules for different things, and it gives you advanced analytics on what is being returned and why. And best of all, it actually enables carbon offsets for the return shipment. Despite all of your efforts, items are going to end up getting returned. And one of the many considerations then is what to do with those things. Again, especially true if you're working with third-party sales channels, but it's also a tricky subject even for your fulfillment partners from your own online store. There is a hugely growing trend towards brands offering after-sale and second-hand marketplaces as part of the circular economy. And it seems like just about every fashion and clothing retailer is doing it, from Patagonia's famous wear initiatives through to Lululemon like new. Rather than ditching it, can you resell the item and even leverage that into a longer and more engaged customer relationship? Tip 11, even if you can't resell, Rather than sending it directly off to landfill, there are some great recycling partners you can work with, which is essential if your product is made from multiple different materials. Two great ones, which some of my coaching clients use, include Apparel for clothing and fabrics and TerraCycle for, well, pretty much everything else. 
For the next four tips, I want to turn our attention now to marketing and specifically the digital carbon footprint of your marketing. As dominantly digital businesses, digital marketing, of course, is utterly critical to our business model, but data transfer requires power. And where there's power, there's footprint. In the context of being more sustainable, I'm going to give you some tips now on how to manage that down. But happy news, all of the tips in this area will actually improve your marketing performance as well. So starting with email, I actually have covered off some of the email carbon footprint concepts in more detail in episodes three and five of the show. But I want to highlight two things here as well. Estimates indicate that every single email you send ends up generating between two and 50 grams of carbon. Emails at the top of that range include attachments and heavy use of images. When you're sending emails to many thousands of people on your list all at once and many times a year, that really adds up. Indeed, earlier this year, we did an impact assessment on a medium-sized e-commerce brand and discovered that their digital carbon footprint from email alone was over 1,000 tons of carbon dioxide in just one year. Tip 12, then, is simply to be more thoughtful about how you're using images in your emails. Where you do choose to use them, and there are lots of great reasons why you would, crop them and compress them as much as possible. Never use just the raw images from your phone or photo shoot in your newsletters or promotions. Even photos taken from an iPhone can regularly top out over three megabytes, yet cropped and compressed could be as little as 50K, which is an 85% reduction in data on one image in one email to just one recipient. Tip 13, following on from that, the lion's share of the carbon footprint from email marketing comes whether or not the recipient actually opens your email. Many brands send mass mail outs to everyone on their list. And if 40% of your list doesn't even open your emails, that's a lot of carbon wasted. So tip 13 is segmenting your list and regularly pruning it to remove inactive subscribers is the fastest way to reduce your carbon footprint from your email marketing. And it also has a nice long-term benefit of maintaining deliverability and improving your open rate. Now, not all communication channels are equal. Email uses internet protocol to send data, which is your email, to subscribers. But SMS uses old school telephony. So as a result, you can send somewhere between 350 and 2,000 SMS messages for the same carbon impact as a single email. So tip 14, with higher open rates and potentially also higher click-through rates than emails, it makes sense to leverage SMS for time-sensitive promotions and offer alerts, and you'll be reducing your carbon impact at the same time. For tip 15, we move on now to have a look at your online shop. And obviously, people browsing your store are also downloading data. There's text, images, HTML code, style sheets, plugin code, and all manner of other data, all of which takes time to load. And yes, once again, has a carbon footprint. Much like email, one great way to minimize your impact here is to take simple steps to compress your images and remove unused apps and maybe have your developer come in and minimize the code as much as possible. Aside from the pure carbon reduction, that's going to speed up your load times, which will also help your site conversion and your SEO as well. Tip 16, if you're on Shopify, good news. 
Shopify already generates carbon offsets for all stores hosted in its data centers. If you're hosted on WordPress, though, rather than going through the complicated exercise to offset the right amount, instead, consider moving your hosting service over to, to one that uses green energy, like, for example, OzTiger. And tip 17, while we're on the topic of moving to green energy, why not transition your warehouse and office to using green energy as well? Take inspiration from New Zealand-based sustainable footwear brand Allbirds and make a commitment to transitioning to green energy for all of your plant, property and equipment by 2025. Now for the final three tips to round out the 20, I wanted to go a bit big picture and look at three software platforms that will help you in the context of sustainability in the future. For tip 18, as we've seen from this long yet still whistle-stop tour of sustainability in e-commerce, there's a lot to think about. If you're serious about making sure your brand is on a great pathway to sustainable operations and being transparent with your customers about your impact, then Planetly has a brilliant platform that makes carbon management easy right across your operations. Tip 19, when your thoughts inevitably turn to making sustainable products or using sustainable materials, then you'll need a cost-effective way to measure that and provide transparent information about the product's impact to your customers. For under $100 a product, you can get a product sustainability assessment done using state-of-the-art technology using the Dayrise system. I interviewed Austin Sims from Dayrise back in episode 11, and I do recommend you check that out because I was totally blown away by how game-changing their platform is. It's the fastest and cheapest way to prove the sustainability of your products to customers, as well as get clear guidance on how to make existing products more sustainable. And finally, and at long last, it's time to get rewarded for all your hard work and your sustainability journey. There's a new app platform launching in Australia this year that promises to connect environmentally conscious consumers with sustainable brands like yours. It's called Greener, and it looks promising to bring you just the sort of customers that are likely to love your products and your brand. And that's it. Oh, 20 tips completed on how to make your e-commerce brand more sustainable. If you're listening on the podcast network, make sure you tap the link in the episode description and come through to the main episode page because I'll be putting links in there to all the resources and tools that I've mentioned today. I know there's a lot in this episode and if you're just getting started out, my advice is just to pick one thing that you think you can get done quickly and take action now to make that happen. <laughs>